Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created this show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Rose Breton is credited with being one of the first and most reputable fashion stylists. Although she grew up poor, Rose possessed a strong drive for success, and at the age of 16, she left home for Paris, where she apprenticed for a fashion merchant. In 1772, she ended up opening up her own shop in Paris, where she won the patronage of several influential courtiers of the time, including Louise-Marie Adelaide de Bourbon, who introduced her to the newly crowned queen, Marie Antoinette. The Queen of France soon became Rose's most popular customer and led her to dressing other queens as well, like that of Spain, Sweden, and Portugal. Her surviving business records document more than 1,500 clients. Rose went on to be a celebrity and is known most for helping Marie Antoinette to be a fashion icon of her time. Her reputation grew so fast that by 1777, Rose had a staff of 40 employees. And by 1778, she had grown so powerful at court that she was given the title of Minister of Fashion. While her partnership with the Queen ensured her success and secured her a place in the court, many in the royal circle were outraged because they knew Rose was just a commoner. Her reputation took a turn when her prices rose along with her ego. In 1792, the outbreak of the French Revolution caused Rose to flee Paris. Accused of encouraging Marie Antoinette's excesses, even up to her imprisonment, Rose's eye for fashion was ahead of her time and therefore not well received by everyone. Even after her death in 1814, Rose remained a provocative symbol of the elegance and excess of the old regime of France. French colonists brought European fashion to the colonial U.S. by wearing styles representing their land of origin. Pilgrims brought the falling band collar, made from lace or linen stemming from the new English fashion of King Charles I. Restrictions on what women could wear came early on in the U.S. In 1634, the state of Massachusetts forbade lace, embroidery, and gold thread. In 1639, stricter requirements forced colonists to dress their class, which forbade them from wearing silk scarves and other finery. Even during the Salem witch trials, women were accused of witchcraft because of their flashy attire. Fast forward to present day, the U.S. is currently one of the leading countries in the fashion design industry. American fashion is considered to be eclectic as well as informal. In fact, casual was made in America. But how did America's style go from lace collars and bodices to sweatpants and baseball caps? According to fashion theorist Malcolm Bernard, clothing does not reflect personal identity, but rather constitutes it. In short, in order to become something or someone, you wear it. As far as when America turned casual, there are three major influencing points in history. The first is with the introduction of sportswear in the late 1910s and early 1920s, which helped to redefine when and where certain clothing could be worn. It also gave Americans a newfound appreciation for non-constraining garments. The second turning point towards casual attire was the introduction of shorts in the American wardrobe. 
In the late 1920s, a popularity in bicycling brought about the need for culottes. You know, looks like a skirt, but is actually shorts. For women, up until the 1940s, shorts were a time and place item, until the Marina shorts craze. The third turning point, which led us to casual attire, was the 60s, when clothing became more unisex. In fact, even though there were still regulations for women on pants, women adopted T-shirts, jeans, cardigans, and button-down collared shirts, and it was fashionable for men to have long hair. Clothing of the sexes began to overlap and coincide. Ultimately, dressing casual is stereotypical to being an American, living in the land of the free, and being able to express oneself. There are currently an estimated 3,962 wardrobe stylists employed in the U.S. Stylists have become an increasingly influential part in shaping the fashion industry. They have not just helped people to look good, but also have helped to instill body confidence, especially in women who have suffered through centuries of oppression. While clothing and accessories may seem like just things, they are extensions of ourselves. Style, after all, comes from within. It allows you to show the world who you are. As a result, what you wear can affect your mood and your mind. In fact, a study conducted by Northwestern University in 2012 showed how wearing specific articles of clothing had an effect on the wearer's psychology and performance. For example, wearing a lab coat allows someone to feel more intelligent. Essentially, when we choose to wear clothes with a specific meaning, these clothes can influence our psychological state. Researchers call it enclothed cognition and concluded that clothing has a symbolic meaning. This also explains why we are drawn to wearing certain clothes depending on our moods, which is why many wardrobe stylists encourage you to dress how you want to feel, not how you are feeling. On this Love from the Hip, I am happy to have wardrobe stylist and image consultant Lisa Fisher on my show. Lisa will share her own personal story of why she became a wardrobe stylist and also her tips, techniques, and other styling advice with all of you. Plus, later on the show, we will open up the phone lines so Lisa can answer any questions you may have on styling. So don't go far. We'll be right back. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. 
This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at asteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. It is my great pleasure to have wardrobe stylist and image consultant, Lisa Fisher, on my show today. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining me in the studio. Mm, hello, Sakura. It's so great to be here with you. <laughs> and I have to say, you can tell you're a wardrobe stylist. It's great. She's all put together. Oh. And a beautiful color, too. <laughs> Thank you. We are wearing yellow today. The <laughs> color of optimism and cheer, right? There you go. And fall. <laughs> yes, for sure. So how long have you been a wardrobe stylist? Sure. Um, so I have owned my own business, Lisa Fisher Styling, for six years uh, yet I've been in the image business for over 20. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. And why did you choose to become a wardrobe stylist? Yeah, so I got into the image industry over 20 years ago, really by, I say by accident, but I felt it was uh-huh. by divine appointment. And <laughs> that was really out of desperation uh, for my children. Okay. Uh, and I found myself as a young mom when my kids were five, three, and one years old. I found myself in my mid-30s and really got to the point where I was like, you know what, I logistically don't even know how to teach my kids some of this, the the social graces such as how to set the table, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not how I grew up. And how I grew up was uh, I was raised by a single mom. I'm an only child. And unfortunately, my father had died when I was three and Mm. they had divorced when when I was an infant. And how I grew up was, you know, pretty much in front of the TV, eating meals, you know, Hogan's Heroes and Uh Swanson's TV dinner. (laughs) And it was just those sort of things that it just becoming this young mom, I was like, you know what, I need to go out and get some more education. And I found myself in a full day image and etiquette program and it really inspired me like, this is amazing. And it wasn't what I thought it was. I thought, uh-huh. it, okay, I can endure a day of what to do, what not to do. And it really wasn't like that. And it really got my curiosity going. And so that's how I got into the industry. And my first part of my career was on the etiquette and image mm-hmm. side. After my children graduated, then I ventured over to the image and appearance side okay. of the industry. And so can you share with us one of the biggest lessons you learned uh, studying social etiquette? Oh, my goodness. You know, I felt that uh, how I 
again, saw the world in terms of social etiquette was it was this hard and fast rule, you know, and it was a differentiator of if you were good or bad, right, right. when you're younger. But then what I learned was that by understanding how to treat another person, it was like that golden rule, right? And it, it was a, out of a place of respect for kindness mm. to self, others, and property and how we showed up, whether it was in our behavior or in our clothing, how we were put together was a sign of this is how I respect you and this venue or this occasion of why we're getting together and versus this is a list of do this and don't do this because I said so. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I have to ask you, was your mother a bit of a fashion icon? I mean, was that your role model with fashion or? Mm, that's a great question. Actually, um, unfortunately, growing up, uh, she struggled quite a bit after the death of my father and raising a child on her own. She struggled with alcoholism and uh, just some some mental challenges. Mm. And, uh, you know, she was working anything she could, you know, do and Uh, I can remember being a young girl sitting on the bed, legs crossed, ready and excited as she's preparing to, let's say, go out on a date, right? If you can imagine that little girl and anticipating, you know, what she might put on and how she's styling herself. And everything was going great from, say, hair to makeup. But it was at that point where she was in her bedroom, in the closet, and I'm watching her in front of a, I can I can relive it even at this moment, seeing her in front of a full-length mirror, starting to put clothes on, and instantly the word started happening. You know, she was almost like spewing these accusations at herself of how ugly she was, how she wasn't mm-hmm. enough, nothing looked good, and she would have piles of clothes on the floor, and she would, she would choose whatever just felt comfortable, and she would leave with, you know, something other than a positive look at yeah. how the night was going to go, right? Wow. So yeah. no, to answer your question, it was anything but, you know, so forward feeling confident. So I'm sure that you carried that with you, mm-hmm. that image of her doing that and in the work that you do now with other women. Mm-hmm. Right? It's really where I go to in terms of why I do what I do. Because even as a little girl, I knew that Here's this beautiful woman in front of me who I adore, who to me is the epitome of beauty. Yeah. And yet something is, di- there's a disconnect. And it's, it's, it. it's, it's stuck with me. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. And so and then I have to ask, what sets you apart from other wardrobe stylists, would you say? Mm. You know, all I know is who I am in how I show up in in my career and what I do. But what I can share, what my clients will say, is without probably maybe other than 1% of the time, clients will say, Lisa, I would have never put that together. Mm-hmm. And it's that point in time where we're in their closet and we're doing an edit. And then after the edit, we're doing some styling. Right. And they'll think, Lisa, how, how in the world did you come up with that? And I think that relates back to being raised on, you know, in Section 8 housing, poor. And I tell you what, you need, if you wanted some clothes to wear, you needed to do some mixing and matching. And yeah. as an elementary grade, you know, student, I figured it out at a young age. And it was just a way of life, mm-hmm. which now... It really uh, transitions into helping others 
do the same. Yeah, you had to be very creative. Yeah, do more with less. Yeah. <laughs> and I would imagine, too, that you're also impacting their mindset. 100%. Having dealt with what you went through mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. absolutely great. So can I ask, why, who can benefit from a wardrobe stylist? Mm. Well, you know, if you think about it, think about to elementary school, junior high, high school. I had home ec. I did too. Did you? Okay. I wish kids still had home ec. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember being in ninth grade uh-huh. and talking about wardrobe as it related to textiles and fabrics. Right. And we touched on a wardrobe capsule. It might have been called something different then, but it was the essence of wardrobe for where you were going and what was appropriate and mm-hmm. a, a breakdown. And in today's school system, we don't have it. And so to answer your question, I feel that just like everyone needs a hairstylist, yeah, that we could all benefit from some education from a certified professional wardrobe stylist versus a sales associate at a clothing company sure. who's referred to as a stylist. There's a difference. Right. They just want to make money. And, you know, I love it, and I'm glad that that is now kind of the, the generic term. Oh, I'm a stylist for XYZ Clothing Company. Sure. And But yet they're unable to refer outside of their company or department that they're in. And it's a less personable connection, right? I, I mean, like I, I imagine that there's a lot that goes on in those closets that you come into, and it, it doesn't just have to do with clothes. Yeah, that's where the conversation really happens. We get to the intimate areas mm-hmm. of maybe why someone feels they can't wear something. Maybe there was a story from childhood or something that was spoken over them. You can't do this or you can only do this or, you know, some set of circumstances that some we limiting. usually find that was a barrier that yeah. if they're willing, we can navigate through that. And so people have to be very vulnerable when they hire a wardrobe stylist. In a sense, I mean, yeah, you know, of the of the clients who do hire me to and invite me into their life, into their closet, into those intimate spaces, we do we have some conversations ahead of time. So there is this essence of, you know, relationship building, some mm-hmm. rapport, some some trust guarantees that you are in this is safe and it's it's non-judgmental and you may have come into this conversation feeling like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous because of what if I'm judged. But yet um, those are the eyes and the lenses I come in. We No judgment. Um, but what do you want to achieve? And then let's get started. Wonderful. So who are your clients and what is the age range you tend to work with? Yeah, the age range I tend to work with is in that mid-30s and up. Uh, lately, it seems this year through COVID, however, that has shifted. And uh, my clients who are in, let's say, their mid-40s, and they have children who are, say, in school still, maybe high school, uh, that they're inviting me into their their children's lives. And they're saying, can we do a teen course? <laughs> and, and, and back to that home ec example, yeah. because I feel like if it's, if, this is not this information is not taught in our school system, our churches, and it's not really in employers scope, you know, for for when we're hiring staff, then where are we learning this? And I think we have a tendency to go to social media uh, and to celebrities, 
But is that real everyday life? That's not great yeah. advice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what is the most common reason young younger teenage girls may work with you then? What are you doing for them? Absolutely. Right now, uh, working with a group of teens and we're talking about uh, what is your, your body shape and silhouette mm-hmm. and uh, what are the goals for dressing our shape and what does a good fit really mean? What do we look for? And then how about... Hygiene. What does it mean to have good hygiene? What's repelling and what's also attractive? So, for example, I can speak to that uh, intimately. I was fired from my first job when I was 17 due to body odor. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I look back, yeah, that was really embarrassing. But to be super clear, I was using what I thought was correct. I watched my mom, but I didn't wasn't taught about right. deodorant. And I didn't know the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant. Mm. And so I was pitting everything out. You know, maybe I smelled good, but I was sweating profusely and I just didn't know the difference. And because I was in a public interfacing role, I was I was like, oh, mm. wow. So, yeah, we t- we get in and we right. dig and we talk about real life, real life topics, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine, too, you're instilling body confidence in these young women. And, you know, uh, I heard a statistic that in the, I don't know, I'm trying to think which state it was, but, you know, with this attention to, you know, the perfect body or this or that, that, you know, breast augmentation is now, uh, you know, a a, a gifted graduation present. Oh boy! And and I'm just like, You're, what? What what are we doing? What right. are we saying to our youth? And to me, it's like, let's back up, and you are perfect and beautiful the way you are. And here's, you know, some ways to accentuate your God given assets and air, any areas that are concern areas. Let's talk about how we can uh, conceal those, perhaps with clothing and just a little you know, nip here or a, you know, nip and tuck, right? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Stylistically um, to reframe the silhouette Mm -hmm. if if that's what we're looking at without having to look at, you know, an operation. Which is great. And so you mostly, you just work with women? I do. I do. And, and, you know, there are stylists that work with with men and women, all all genders, right? However, we identify, and I have found that because of my background and and my relationship with my mom and what I walked through and saw her go through, that I'm really committed for yeah. women, for me personally. Sure. But there are stylists who work with, with all. And I have to ask you, I want to get back into your styling, you but bet. have you healed so much of that that part of you, that, that child part of you that maybe yeah. was felt so much trauma and what you went through. Oh, you're an incredible girl. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, my mom passed a year ago this coming Monday. Mm. And uh, we journeyed together through much forgiveness and great conversations and really have her 1000 percent. Lisa, share this with the world, Aww. because if you can change one person, who how can who can that one person affect and how can their life be a huge difference. And so if it's one person at a time, or if it's a thousand people at a time, uh, this is the mission. That's beautiful. So can you walk us through your process with a brand new client? Mm, Great question. Yeah, you know, it really starts with uh, a complimentary consultation to hear someone's pain points or their frustrations or what they're curious about. 
And based on some of that information, uh, then we can go into what services may may they be looking for or what kind of support. So let's say someone uh, says, you know, Lisa, I stand in front of my closet. This is the, <laughs> yeah. the biggest uh, feedback I get. Lisa, I stand in front of my closet, which is full of clothes, yet I feel I have nothing to wear. Mm. Help. What do I do? So typically, uh, most gals will hire me for a half-day session, which is uh, four to five hours. And we'll start out with three things. We identify what is your body shape and how to dress to flatter your shape and silhouette. What are your best colors for your skin, hair, and eyes? And what really brings you out? Uh, And then also, what are your style preferences? And really break that down for someone in terms of uh, that could be lines, designs, patterns, really help them understand what they may enjoy, but they just um, maybe are unaware of how to put it into language. Right. So it's not that they have nothing to wear. They just need a new set of eyes. They right? need a new, a new set of eyes. <laughs> and then we get into the closet. We mm-hmm. do some editing um, by them trying it on. And we look at, does this match up to flattering shapes? color and then uh, is it in their style preference and then we do some outfit styling from there. Okay and do you work remotely as well? I do that's really become in the last 18 months. Especially yeah with COVID I imagine. Huge. Yes which <laughs> now I love it we've created programs because clients were saying I don't feel confident to come to my home right. or to meet you at a sure. boutique but can you teach me through programs so now we've created a whole online program. Awesome. Well, and we're going to get back into that after this break. But everyone, stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny up next. And remember, this is a live show. So if you would like some wardrobe advice from Lisa, feel free to call in 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. On this Weekly Skinny, while it is important to scrub off that dead skin using a facial exfoliant, are you using a product which has harmful plastics in it? Many exfoliants, cleansers, and body washes on the market claim that their microbeads will leave your skin looking more youthful. Unfortunately, not only can this be untrue, but up until eight years ago here in the U.S., these tiny colorful pellets were typically polyethylene, or PE, or polypropylene, or PP, a.k.a. harmful plastics. And rubbing plastic on your face is never recommended. It won't actually slough off dead skin, but rather the skin itself. According to dermatologists, because these plastic microbeads often break apart, they can end up causing tiny skin abrasions, making the skin more dry and more prone to irritation and an allergic reaction. Not to mention, they compromise the skin barrier, the one thing which protects one from infection. These microbeads can also be found in toothpaste, often in whitening toothpaste. The effects are similar in that the particles get stuck in the gum line and as a result attract more bacteria. They are also said to wear down tooth enamel way faster. Another reason, if not the most important reason, as to why these plastic microbeads are bad is that these tiny particles end up being washed down the drain, escaping the water filtration process, and polluting our oceans. Sadly, the end result leaves marine organisms ingesting them. According to a study conducted in 2013 on the microplastic pollution in the surface waters of the Great Lakes, high concentrations of microplastics of similar size, shape, texture, and composition to plastic microbeads found in many consumer products were found in the Great Lakes. 
and researchers estimated them to be in the tens of millions. As a result, many U.S. states have enacted legislation to restrict the use of these plastic microbeads, and many companies, especially U.S. companies, have already switched out their plastic microbeads for those that are soluble and biodegradable. These might read now as microcrystalline wax, jojoba spheres, coral, bamboo, prunus armeniaca, or apricot seed powder on the ingredients label. In the end, be an active participant in your skincare regimen. Read your labels. Know what you are putting on your skin, but most of all, what you are putting into the environment. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial, designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A. SkinAndMind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Today, I have the pleasure of having wardrobe stylist and image consultant Lisa Fisher on my show. And if you would like some styling advice, feel free to call 1 888 298 KKNW or 425 373 5527. So, since we were just talking about the pandemic, I have to ask you have people become more casual? And how has that affected your styling process? And I mean, we have less places to go, right? So, yeah. So I think we uh, passionately called it what business on top, party on the bottom. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Whatever we can see from the waist up. But I think we've all heard horror stories of someone who, you know, has stood up during a Zoom call Mm -hmm. or someone who's walked behind them. So uh, it could serve us, but maybe not. Right. Exactly. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, I feel like there is has been a shift to that casualization work from home where, you know, it happened so suddenly for so many individuals uh, collectively. Sure. And of course, you know, sweats and comfort uh, is the first thing that we think of. And yet what I'm hearing clients say is I'm just so done with my leisure wear. I'm done with my sweats. I just I really yearn to feel pulled together mm-hmm. and to dress up a little bit, yeah. even if it's going from athlete, athletic wear to casual wear, <laughs> you know, to little, a yeah. little something, something to make it dressy. And I feel we've been caged up and deprived for so long. I mean, I would imagine people are wearing their ball gowns out to the bar. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe so I'll look for that. Exactly. Yeah. So before we get into your 12 core modules, I was wondering if you could touch on your rule of 10. Mm, this is so great. So here is another common frustration I would hear gals say is, Lisa, I just, I just want to feel pulled together. I'm tired of feeling frumpy. Mm. And I've heard that since I really started my business. And so my brain went to work to uh, have strategies to help someone who, who says that and literally is struggling with I just need to get out of this funk and frumpiness. And so the idea of pulling 10 items together that we're putting on our body 
that we see visually when we look in the mirror or when an observer sees us. There's there's this rule um, of 10 things. And I say rule, tongue in cheek. It's just a guide, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the idea is, so a pair of earrings counts as a point. So it's a point system. So mm. everything you put on, you get one point. Nice. But here's the deal. Anything that's patterned or high contrast, you get two points. So say a high pattern scarf uh-huh. or something in a blouse, that sort of thing, you get two points. Uh, fingernails count as a point. So if you have open-toed shoes with nail polish and nail polish on your fingernails, you get a point for each. So even right now, those listening could say, okay, I'm going to do a quick count assessment. assessment. Yeah. How many things do I have on visually? And underwear doesn't count because we're not supposed to see underwear. <laughs> and if I can see your underwear, then you may really and, need and a wardrobe Britney stylist. Spears. Yeah. Okay. But 10 <laughs> items. And there's something psychological that when we just continue to add, that we start to feel more pulled together. Mm-hmm. And then a little quick test is then start to remove those items. And here's what I found. When people get down to like four items, so they have a top, a bottom, a pair of shoes, and then let's say a ring. <laughs> they're looking in the mirror, they're like, eh, kind of lackluster. But when they <laughs> add maybe a layering piece like a jacket, a necklace, a pair of earrings, a bracelet or a watch, and then add a scarf that's patterned, wow, the elevation is like, now I feel pulled together. Huh. It's like raising their vibration, their energy. Totally. So <laughs> test it. Uh-huh. Try this. Yeah, absolutely. Home. I was thinking of you this morning. I'm like, I don't know. I'm rule of 10. We should I, count. Am I failing? How many? How many items do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, we could. I think you're at 10. 10? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, let's get into your 12 core modules. Can you go through each of the 12 with us? Oh, I would love to. So the 12 core modules that when I'm working with clients was created from clients. These were the most asked questions. The It was the highest uh, fresh, on the frustration list, right, of, of uh, acquaintance calls or get acquainted calls, right? And so the 12 modules are, first of all, mindset. And then the second one is planning. So we start with those first two. So mindset, look, we, what we do is we look at practices to build confidence. Mm. So for those, for those listening, you know, have you ever struggled with uh, maybe the words you speak over yourself? Like my mom did. When you look in the mirror, do you have a tendency to go, ugh, right. and Self-talk. then walk out the door, mm-hmm. you know, walk into another room? Well, by chance, do you have a little girl like mm-hmm. me who's watching in the bathroom with you or hears you from another room and we're giving that sigh, what is the messaging we could be giving generationally? And so uh, in that module, we have different um, different lessons to help someone, number one, have awareness, and then have, we go through, like I call it, flip your mindset with what's happening, where do you want to be, and what are some strategic ways that we can flip our mindset? So for those of you who may struggle with that, just even that piece, that module would be massive help. And then the second one is planning. And so in that uh, particular training session, we talk about managing what you have, what you need, and then when do you need it? So for example, uh, maybe we're we're transitioning from a particular season. So we're going from cold weather into warm weather. Well, when is the best time to 
edit out your closet? When is the best time to start shopping to get that best value out in the marketplace? So we we literally talk about the cycle of, you know, how how product moves. Yeah. Right. And then how to be that person who has the secret sauce to know <laughs> how to work it. Right. To your to your benefit. Uh, and then the next three are the process of really the building blocks to building confidence, which is understanding your shape. So that's a module on itself. So there we talk about how to take measurements. Mm, okay. Right. And so so it, what a module looks like is it's a video of a body, and then we go step by step by step how to measure and uh, how to take vertical measurements as well as circumferential measurements. So how to measure a shoulder line, how to measure the bust, how, what's an inseam, what's a rise, <laughs> right. what the heck, and then how to measure it, and then why is that helpful? Well, knowing these measurements is helpful when ordering online. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone that wants, maybe your rise is 10 inches, which is the crotch seam to your belly button. And if you don't know what your rise is, then it's a little more difficult to to order jeans. But if you know, oh, I have a 10 inch inseam, you're going to be ordering a certain inch in or excuse me, rise uh, that best fits your body. That makes a lot of sense. Right. And how many shapes are there? So I look at five. There's some stylists, I've seen some that have up to 10, 12 different shapes, mm -hmm. but I like to keep things simple. So what I've identified in the marketplace in working with hundreds of bodies, mm -hmm. if we just want to take sure. purely bodies, yeah. is five. Okay. And that would be the hourglass, the rectangle, and the oval, if I just use those metrics. And each of those shapes, they have, what I've noticed is they have proportionate shoulder and hip lines. But the difference between each of those three is what's happening at the waist. So the hourglass is, has a well-defined waist, where the rectangle does not. They have right. an undefined waist. It's actually probably as wide as their shoulder line is okay. or their hip line. And the oval her waist is the widest width of her frame as compared to her shoulder and hip line. Then the other two are the triangle and the inverted triangle. Inverted meaning the shoulder line is wider than the hip line. And the triangle is the hip line is that person's widest line. Okay. Yeah. And then what we do is we talk about, okay, th that was good. That's, that's, you know, now I know what my shape. And I tell you what, in a, in a room of 100 women, I will ask, how many of you know your body shape and silhouette? And I'll have maybe 5% of the room raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And what, what that tells me is it's lack of education. And so there's a lot of guessing going on. There's a lot of Pinteresting going on. <laughs> there's a lot of YouTubing it. Right. But once we know, we know that we know that we know then it makes getting dressed simpler because now we have a strategy and it helps our shopping. It helps our say, outfit styling. Yeah, it's easier on our wallets. <laughs> thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yes. Uh, and so the other module, the other few are color, uh, which that one is about choosing colors that are flattering for your skin, your hair and your eyes. So really about you as a human being, you as a woman versus 
you know, what color do you like best? I see. Right. And then for time, I'll just share the others are uh, messaging, which is about first impressions and showing up with intention. Uh, The next is closet, which is having a space that serves you. So this is for the woman who struggles with, I have a closet that's stuffed full, but I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm. So this serves that woman right. because then we we talk about spatial placement mm. and helping her see her clothing. And then the other five is shopping, styling outfits, and then the last three are wardrobe, accessories, and grooming. Now, are there any, when it, in regards to color, are there any no's in that or yeah, so, universal no's? <laughs> ooh, I love that question. So back, back in the color module, so this is someone who may struggle with, I hear this a lot, is Lisa, all I wear is black. Yeah. Right? I just have black in my closet. And then I'm like, okay, well, tell me more. And I get really curious. And some people love black, and that's awesome. But others are because they feel that they just don't know what else to wear. Mm. And so uh, my next question is, do you want to show, tell me what's important to you. Do you want to show up or do you want your clothing to lead you and show up before you? Hmm. And then depending on their answer in that module, then we open it up to what that means. So color uh, as a communicator and we break it down to help them either have their clothing show up or how can I use color that I show up when I'm on zoom when I'm a speaker when I'm meeting with clients or I'm wanting to be authoritative or actually I need I want to show up being really approachable so what are my best colors awesome so what's your power color (laughs) my power color is typically actually yellow it's my branding color and it's I feel it's a on the psychology level it's a spirit of optimism. And when I'm walking into a closet, um, I really want to give that as a nonverbal communication. Yeah, I bet. For sure. Well, and it's fitting for today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone, stay tuned for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with the closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Hi, we're Tom and Stacey Bartley, and we are the hosts of Love Shack Live. If by chance you find yourself struggling in your marriage, just starting out in a new relationship or are single and know you want to do better next time, we've got the show for you. Please join us for the rebroadcast of our show, which happens every Sunday at 1 p.m. right here on KBKW. 
Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just joining us, today I have the great pleasure of having wardrobe stylist and image consultant Lisa Fisher on my show. So Lisa, I have to ask, how do you get women out of their comfort zone when it comes to style? Mm, That is a great question. I would say in thinking of my clients, uh, what gets them out of their comfort zone is how they answer this question, is how do you want to show up? After a client navigates that question and comes up with their own answer, then really they're leading themselves down a road. Sure. So if they're wanting to transition, they see themselves showing up differently, then they are projecting this new image in their mind first. And then it's my job to help them create that aesthetically through wardrobe, their accessories, through their hygiene. So maybe how their hair is cut or how they might be using their cosmetics, that sort of thing. But it is a trajectory. But yet, once they've decided, it's not me. Mm-hmm. I will never decide for someone, ever, never, ever. But from that answer, yeah, wow, that is power because it's from the inside, literally <laughs> out. Right, exactly. And it makes a lot of sense as a hypnotherapist. I have to anchor this new concept, this new idea, this new way of being by having them see their future self, which is essentially what you're doing. And we just can't even fathom something different or something new unless we work on always seeing it. Right? Yes, Bringing and then it's, it it's the courage of taking that next step, mm-hmm. right? And so if anything, it's that next step. But in your work and in my work, it's like, I'm right here. Let's test it. Mm-hmm. And if you hate it, guess what? You can always go back, but you may love it. <laughs> and it may be just that empowering move you needed to make to right. get to that next step. That push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so should we dress our age? I've always been wanting to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear this. I get asked this a lot. So from my perspective, my seat in the house is I feel that clothing does not come with an age category associated with it. And therefore, it's a, clothing is like a paintbrush. Mm. And then you have the human being. Right. And so back to what we just were talking about, how a person wants to show up. Well, now they have resources such as clothing to help them achieve that goal. And I just don't feel it is my place to say, well, oh, stop, because you're such and such an age. We, sorry, we can't do that. And so it's my, I never think of age and maybe it's because I'm not a rule follower, so to speak, even though we <laughs> talked earlier about rule of 10, when it comes like rule, rule, I, I'm kind of a, let's think of possibility. Let's break outside of the box, kind of a human being. 
Yet, um, I do believe that there's also what's appropriate. Sure. So, for example, if we're going to a funeral, we might not show up wearing our bathing suit. Right. Uh, you know, some of those those more common sense things. But yet, how a woman is wanting to create herself, I just feel is age limitless. Mm, wonderful. Should we dress for the job? Now, there, uh, I think that we we are working with, uh, back to, like, the rule. So we've all are familiar with the golden rule, right? Treat others as you want to be treated. Yet, when it comes to work or our career, and if we're working for someone else, so another human being, we're working for a corporation, an institution, now we're working within, in line of that person or organization's mission statement and purpose. So there I feel absolutely um, because we're part of that team. So now I feel like it transitions to what's called the platinum rule, which is do unto others as they would have you do to them, which is like, hey, team, this is how we're interfacing with the world. This is our value system. And we really want and we we really ask and we really require that we show up accordingly interfacing as such. Yeah. And then, by the way, we have some, we have a wardrobe stylist come in and talk to <laughs> us about how that can occur. Yeah. It's all about branding. Yeah. So do you find most people have an attachment to their clothes? And what are some of the reasons you find that people can't get rid of their clothes? Yeah. So some attachments definitely are around memories, uh, memories, feelings, uh, and also how much money was spent on a particular item uh, if it was gifted and then what that means and I am a fan and in favor of all of those things and having them yet here's my question to a client does this need to remain and live in your everyday closet Mm -hmm. in which you're going to for grab and go pieces for your day for your lifestyle so perhaps what we could consider are putting those items somewhere else in our home, maybe even in storage. Now, don't you have a four-question rule as far as getting rid of things out of the closet? Ah, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think that, um, well, I guess what I'm thinking of right now is, does this fit your body shape? Mm -hmm. You know, is this flattering? Is it in your colors? Is this a a style preference? And does this benefit your lifestyle of how you're wanting to show up? right? That's the foundation. That's the grassroots building blocks. And if it doesn't, then we edit it out. Yet someone may say, well, I have, I keep these shirts. Here's a big one. I have all these shirts because, you know, the weekends or when I'm out in the garden or when I'm walking the dog. Okay, awesome. But do we need 12 of those that are taking up so much bulk? Why don't we put them in the hall closet or in a separate drawer? So when you're trying to get ready for work, it's not cluttering up Mm. your mind space when you're looking at what you can mix and match with and what your choices are. And I have to ask, do you encourage your clients to color code their closet? Yeah, the two ways are uh, to go light to dark in color coding. And in that situation, I feel when we go light to dark, almost looks like this rainbow, (laughs) you... There's a couple different ways. You can still do it categorically. You could have, say, your tops, your bottoms, your layering pieces, so your jackets, your cardigans, and then your dresses. But just go light to dark around the closet. And here's the benefit of it. It helps to know where to find it and then where to put it back. 
It's easy to teach your kids. It's easy <laughs> to teach a spouse. Uh, and it's pretty awesome. That's wonderful. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so I have to ask you, why do you think God, Spirit, Universe brought you into this industry? Mm, yeah, you know, I, I really feel that uh, God gifts us with different challenges and situations. Uh, not that he's maybe allowing it to do it to you, but through you. And I just feel that what he's gifted me with and the challenges, especially the early years of watching my mother struggle, uh, is really the bigger picture of who I am today as a 55-year-old woman and what brought me curiosity in my early 30s and what I will really carry for the rest of my life. I don't plan to really ever um, do any do anything, you know, outside of this is it's, I'm a teacher mm-hmm. and it's about education. I could actually really care less about a name brand. It's about who are, who are you as a woman? Where are you going? Where do you want to show up? And how can we do that together? It's really lovely. So how can my listeners learn more about you? Mm, great question too, is the website is Lisa. Fisher, which is F-I-S-C-H-E-R styling.com. And on the website uh, for your listeners today is I have a free guide. It's a two-page downloadable guide uh, on how to do a closet edit. And for those of you who were like, hey, back on those 12 modules, uh, if you are the type of person who likes a DIY, do it yourself, go at your own pace, watch a video, do the activity, then reach out, you know, uh, to me and get questions answered, you can go to member.imagestrong.com and that's where you'll find more information on the membership, the styling membership group. Fantastic. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate that. Uh, You're a blessing, girl. (laughs) So excited to meet you and have this time. Thank you. And thank you again to Eric, my rock star producer, you the listener, KKNW, KBKW, and Cape Town Zone Radio. Stay kind out there, stay true to you, and don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya. Peach fuzz is great, if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had.